Great. Yeah. Excited to be here. Again, welcome to the second episode of Lady Parables Just Telling My Stories. My name is Evangelist Deborah A. Wright, a.k.a. Lady Parables. And if you missed the first few shows, or if you saw the first um, show and the introduction, you know a little bit about my life and a little bit about why I'm here just telling my stories. But if you haven't, at KAZ, we have archives. You can go into archives and catch up on the stories. Now, every Friday from 2 o'clock to 2.30, I'm going to come on here and just tell my stories. I told before in the other um, episode about having stage 4 cancer and being reminded of the things that I'm supposed to be doing in life and getting a fire lit under my feet to get those things done. Now, I just want you to um, take a few minutes to tag, share, I let your friends know that the storyteller is on Lady Parables. I know a lot of you are at work, and so don't get caught at work watching things you're not supposed to be watching. Do your work, and you can watch it later on. Now, there's a couple of stories I want to tell. Now, most of the stories are in some of the books that I published. One book is called Pew Poetry, and we're going to do a story or so out of this one today. Another book, it's, it's over for here. Another favorite is Don't Let the Gnat Knock You Out. And that's just simply a compilation of a lot of my Facebook posts. And then we have um, The Year Uncle Bubba Jack Died and Other Family Reunion Stories. We told a story out of that book last week. Then we have Collard Greens and Peaches, Stories of Strength and Hope for Women. And So You Didn't Marry Boaz, How to Emerge as a Proverbs 31 Woman. And another one is Sometimes You Got to Eat the Raven When You Need a Divine Strategy. And the last book coming from the stage four cancer is called Bald, Blessed and Loved Divinely. Now, in May of 2019, I realized that I had a call from God on my life that I hadn't really actualized since 2002. And when you have stage four cancer, you start thinking all kinds of things in your mind, and one of them is dying. Being a Christian, dying wasn't, I didn't want to do it like right now, but I mean, it wasn't that bad. But I didn't want to leave this earth without having done this assignment that God gave me to do. So that's why I talked to Apostle Larry and my co-host Flo Duggar on Gifts to the Body. And I came up to do it this way. Now, one of the first stories I want to tell you is one from Pew Poetry. Back in the day in the 70s, I... um went to a church that allowed me to utilize my gift. They were very um, receptive of my gift, and I wrote a lot of creative things, and I'm not sure if I remember whether that one was written during that time or not, but this one is called The Church is Going Down. Have you heard people gossiping and talking about the church? They may only go on Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day, but they have the nerve to say that the church is going down. Well, this is just a little poem, and it's kind of like the, the Chicken Little story. It says, the church is going down. Deacon Little used to love going to church. He especially looked forward to Wednesday night Bible study. He would set his things out early in the day to make sure he wouldn't be late. When he was working, he wished for the day that he could get Wednesdays off along with Sunday. Unfortunately, he got his wish. With the economy, Deacon Little got laid off. What a bummer. Even though he had off from work, 
here lately, it just seemed harder and harder to get excited about Wednesday night Bible study. His friends weren't going like they used to. His favorite TV show started coming on on Wednesday night. For some reason, church just wasn't the same. In Deacon Little's opinion, the church was going down. Well, one night Deacon Little decided that he was going to grit his teeth and press on anyway. (laughs) He had to look for his Bible and his car keys. And somehow his gas tank was on empty, so he had to make a trip to the gas station. Now, of course, the one near his home was three cents higher, which meant he had to go five miles out of his way to save some money. You see, he was on a fixed income, and he really didn't understand why the church don't give you a discount when you retired on your ties. He considered going to church on Sundays only. Well, he pressed on anyway, and he arrived at exactly 7 o'clock p.m. To Deacon Little surprise and dismay, nobody was at church, not even the pastor. Oh, no, this couldn't be. So he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and then he texted Minnie Penny. To Minnie Penny, he said, the church is going down. So she cried, and she sighed, and she cried, and oh, my. And then she faxed Singer Tina. And to Singer Tina, she said, Deacon Little said, the church is going down. So they text, and they faxed, and they called, and they blogged, and they blogged Usher Russell. And to Usher Russell said, Singer Tina said, Minnie Penny said, Deacon Little said, the church is going down. So they texted and emailed and they faxed and they called and they blogged Trustee Rusty. And to Trustee Rusty, they said, Usher Russell said, Singer Tina said, Minnie Penny said, Deacon Little said, the church is going down. And Trustee Rusty said, well, it's the way to preach a preach. And the way the teachers teach. And the songs the choir choose. What's a member got to lose? But it's still not official until we have a meeting. Well, they all agreed to meet at church the next morning, the next evening at 7 o'clock. If the church was going to go down, they had to have an official meeting. So they text and they fax and they called and they blogged and at 7 o'clock the next day the parking lot was full. When they went inside it was standing room only. The pastor was already on the inside and he was shocked at the crowd. He said, Mama, God certainly does enter prayer. I am in awe of his awesome power. Look at all of you here. Well, well, I never seen a Wednesday night Bible study so full. All eyes went to Deacon Little. You see, with all of that texting and faxing and calling and blogging, nobody stopped to realize that Deacon Little had his days mixed up. <laughs> Yesterday was Tuesday. <laughs> the pastor, not realizing what had happened, continued on with Wednesday night Bible study. <laughs> 
His subject for the night was gossiping. <laughs> no one said a word about what had happened. That's just a little story that I tell sometimes, just a reminder. Like I said, parables are stories that have a meaning. It's not good to gossip. Now, in the Bible, there's a story of a woman that had five husbands. And when she met Jesus, she was with one that wasn't hers. And I call that the five lives of the woman at the well. But because we don't really know too much about the culture back then and the day-to-day life back then, let's bring her up into 2020. I have a, a prop box here. We're still in negotiations with KAG for a dressing room. Hmm. I remember this. I used to work with this. Huh. I used to love that job. But you know what? Back then, I think I just liked getting out of the house. It was something. I don't know why I married Roger when I did. You see, I mean, I married Roger right out of high school. We graduated on a Monday. We jumped a broom on a Friday. And a couple of months later, I was here at this job pushing this broom. <laughs> it was nice, though. He was away from his daddy house, and I was away from my grandmama house, and we was married. But that lasted about 14 days. And then his friends started saying, well, Roger, why are you going to mess up our little group and get married? You know you're too young to be getting married, coming home at the same time. So then he started staying out late. He started hanging around with his friends and, and drinking. And that didn't bother me too much. But the day he came and decided to lay his hands on my lip, that was it. <laughs> Husband, number one. Divorce, number one. Now, on our job, we have this place where we have to go to get water for our machines, and they nicknamed that place the well. I hated going to that well because the women at that well, all they did was gossip. Yeah, she got married as a teenager. She got divorced as a teenager. <laughs> uh, I needed that job, so I didn't say nothing. I just waited later and later and later in the day to go get my water from my machine because I could not afford to go off and lose my job. Now, I had a supervisor at the job, and his name was Tony. Tony was nice to me. He knew that those women were talking about me. He knew about my husband. He knew about my divorce. And he knew I was struggling with my bills. One day I went to my supervisor and I asked if I could have some overtime. He said, well, we don't have overtime, but I have a great big old five-room house that I was considering using it as a boarding house. Now, that sounded good to me with the amount of money that he was going to charge and all the bills that I had. So I moved in with Tony. Now, the women at the well, they just ate that stuff up. Ah, she got married at a teenager. Ah, she got divorced at a teenager. And now she living with Tony. <laughs> Ooh. I got mad every time I had to go to that well. But I needed that job. And Tony saw what it was doing to me. And Tony was nice. 
He was about 30. I was 19. And Tony, he couldn't stand to see me hurt like that. And so he asked me to marry him. Tony had a nice house. Tony was the supervisor. And Tony wasn't bad looking. <laughs> I married Tony. And it was so nice, and those women at the well, they still kept talking, so I couldn't do nothing about that. I just kept going to the well later and later and later in the day. I wasn't trying to fight none of them old women. I was trying to keep my job. Now, it did dawn on me about nine, ten months later that Tony and I had never consummated our marriage. But I just figured because I worked one shift and he worked another shift. So I started to thinking, and you know us women, we can come up with some thinking now. So I decided I was going to take off on his shift and come home and get all dressed up. And you see, me and Victoria had a secret. <laughs> so I got me some wine and a nice negligee, and I tiptoed home, and I didn't let him know I was coming. And I got to the bedroom door. And I opened the door to surprise my husband. And there he was with another man. That's why those women were talking about me like a dog. They knew Tony was gay. I dropped the wine on my feet. And I grabbed my coat and I ran out and I sat in the garage all night. This is my second husband. What are they going to say if I get a divorce now? I thought about it all night in the garage in the cold. And in the morning when I looked out, I could see Tony going out the front door with his suitcases. And he left a check. He left some money and a note. Husband number two. Divorce number two now those women at the well I could hardly face going there but I had to keep my job they knew already that's why they were laughing at me you know sometimes when you're hurt you just reach out for things that you know that aren't good for you you know somebody is bad news when you see them coming Lord and that's when Troy came into my life Husband number three. Troy was trifling. Troy was lazy. Troy didn't have a job. <laughs> but Troy made me feel like a woman. But Troy would hold it over my head, said that he was doing me a favor, marrying me <laughs> after my last husband. <laughs> but one day I realized I'm the one working. I'm the one facing these women at the well every day. I'm the one paying the bills. I'm the one buying all the food for him to sit on the couch and lay around all day long. And I woke up. Huh. It didn't take long, did it? Husband number three. Divorce number three. Oh, the women at the well, it was Christmas for them because they had even more to gossip about all day long. I tried to turn a deaf ear to them, but it's hard when everybody seems to be against you and talks against you. But God is so good. 
I met Richard. Oh, Richard was a businessman. He had those nice suits and everything. And, and Richard bought me a diamond. He bought me a rock that could choke a horse. <laughs> and we traveled and we went all over the world. No, I ain't quit my job. With my track record, you think I'm going to quit my job? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, we got pregnant. And I was so excited because the childhood that I had and marriage number one, two, and three, and the heartaches, I was finally happy that God sent me a good man that loved me for who I am. So I decided I was going to tell him at night when we got together. And my heart was just bubbling over. And I said, baby. He said, yes. I said, baby. We're pregnant. And he went from a Dr. Jekyll to a Mr. Hyde. And he reached over to the nightstand and pulled out a credit card. And he laid it on my stomach. And he said, get rid of it. Then he got up and showered and left early for his business trip. I wanted my baby. I didn't want to get rid of my baby. God, what am I going to do? I finally got a good man, number four. And he loved me. He really doesn't love me. He just don't love my baby. The next couple days, he was going to be gone for a week. He didn't even call me. He didn't check on me. So I went and I had an abortion. Nobody knew, except for the people in the clinic. And when he came home, he never talked about it. He never, never, ever talked about my baby. But at night, I could hear my baby crying. We both knew it was coming. Husband number four. Divorce number four. The women at the well, you would think that somebody would have compassion for me, but they all ganged up like a gang of foxes. and Nobody was nice to me. Nobody said anything, not even the church people. I was the one to laugh and the one to talk about. Yeah, she had four husbands. She ain't even 30 years old yet. That hurt. But God saw my pain. And he sent me Cedric. <laughs> Cedric was my little teddy bear. I love me some Cedric and I married Cedric. And for the first time, I could laugh again. I had joy again. We cracked jokes, and we had a good life. And we got pregnant. And Cedric was so happy that we were going to have a baby. I never told him about the other baby. I never told anybody about the other baby. But one day, he was decorating the nursery for me. And it was supposed to be a surprise. But I was so happy, I couldn't wait, and I went into the nursery while he was gone. 
and I tripped over something. And we lost the baby. I said, you said, honey, it's okay. We can have another baby. But he didn't know about my other baby, and I thought God was punishing me for the baby I murdered. I now know that God doesn't do that, but I fell into depression, and there was nothing he could do to bring me out. Cedric tried everything. He tried loving me. He tried to understand me, but he just couldn't reach that place in my heart. I came home from work one day, and Cedric had committed suicide in the nursery. I'm through with men. I'm through with men. I'm not going to get married anymore. I'm not going to get married. I don't want nobody else in my life. I don't want to get close to anybody. I've had five husbands. I can't get attached anymore. I just had enough. One day I had waited so long to go get my water at the well, but I had to go get it. And today was not the day for anybody to mess with me. If any one of them women say anything to me, I'll be pushing cards at Walmart, but I ain't taking it today. The women were gone. But there was a man. Not too many men work around here. He must have been a union steward. I don't know why he's coming around here because they don't have nothing to do with us. They think we beneath them. I went on and I got my bucket and I went to the well. And I kept my head down because I wasn't trying to give him any eye contact at all. And I noticed his feet. There was something different about his feet. And I raised my head. And I looked up, and it was Jesus. It was Jesus at the well. And he said, I have water. I have living water. If you receive my water, you will never thirst again. And he told me about my five husbands, and he even told me about the man I was with now. And I said, I want that water. I want that water where I'll never, ever thirst again. And it was that day at the well, <laughs> I met Jesus. And my life has never, ever been the same. Thank you. That's my version of the woman at the well. You know, sometimes the first story is about gossiping, but sometimes we gossip about people. I won't necessarily say innocent people, but you never know what their story is. You just look at what you see. She had five husbands. She had a boyfriend. She was doing all of this, but we don't know the hurt and the pain that people suffer. So those of you that have a job, and maybe you all meet up at the water cooler or whatever they call it today, the cappuccino machine, just be reminded, just love on people. You never know what people are going through. Depression is running wild, and you never, ever know what it's going through. Now, you probably say, now, why is she telling all of these stories and doing all those things? Because I'm an evangelist. 
And Jesus told her that we are fishers of men. So it's all about souls. This is one of my favorite props. But it's all about souls. And we can find ways to tell stories, ways to do poetry, ways to do all kinds of things that may reach people, whereas telling a sermon won't necessarily do it all the time. When I had the cancer, thank God I'm cancer-free, but when I had the cancer, I thought about the nine books that I wrote and the different things, and I thought, you know, you did that, but you never really ministered to people with that. You never ministered to them. And my children, when I was younger, and my children were younger, there was another poem in this book, a short one, and it's called Little Johnny. And I used to do this for children's days or children's programs, and I was asked to do it so many times that all four of my children knew it by heart. And if they're listening now, they probably can still repeat it. But it's called Little Johnny. It says, yeah, copyright 1986. I'm 13 now, and I'm almost grown. Today is a big, big day. Now, Mother says I should consider the Lord, but I prefer to wait. You see, I'm 13 now. And I really feel my life has just begun. I can't mess around and get saved just yet. I got to have some fun. <laughs> another year, another day, and Johnny's diary receipt. I'm 14 now, and boy, oh boy, my first date is tonight. <laughs> Mother says I should consider the Lord, but 14 is just too young to be born. Another year, another day. In Johnny's diary, we find I'm 15 now, and man, oh man, the cool life is the way. You see, I'm cool at home, I'm cool at school. No time for God today. Another year, another day. In Johnny's diary, read I'm 16 now, and I'm really on the team, and I'm really quite a star. I know I should consider the Lord, but I just got my car. <laughs> Another year, another day. In Johnny's diary, we see I'm sick of this birthday ritual. But mother dear insists, next year when I'm grown, I'm crossing this off my list. And that part about giving my life up is getting to be a drag. Next year when I'm grown, I'm going to just tell her, the saved life's not my bag. Another year, another day. The handwriting is different. Johnny's mother is writing today, for Johnny cannot write himself. Little Johnny passed away. I'm just too young to be saved, was Johnny's yearly cry. But oh, little Johnny did not know he wasn't too young to die. I just want to thank you for this half hour of allowing me to just tell my stories. Most of these stories are in different books that I've published on Amazon. You can message me on Facebook if you would like to have one. And it's great to, to read at your own church or read with your own children. Sometimes we have to find different ways to get messages to people, different creative ways to tell them about salvation, to tell them about lifestyle changes that they did to make, need to make. And I just thank God for KAZ for allowing people like myself to come on and be able to do the things that God has given you. I am co-host for another show, Gift to the Body, with the fabulous lady Flo Duggar. And 
we uh, come on every other Wednesday. We were on this Wednesday. You can find the um, archives, but look for the different shows that are on KAZ. You are certain to find something to enjoy. Now, we can't tell you who shot ghosts, but we can lead you to the Holy Ghost, lead you to Jesus. We can we are fishers of men, and most of us are evangelists or preachers or ministers, but it's all about Jesus. And for now, I'm here, Deborah A. Wright, a.k.a. Lady Parabus, just telling my story. Thank you. <laughs>